Hello, dear listeners. This is episode 11 of Maker's Corners, and it has been recorded in June on the 7th, but not this year, last year. This is the second episode of our backlog, so next time expect episode 12 to be released, and then we will record new episodes and you will have fresh content again. So thanks for staying with us during this hiatus and during the publication of the backlog, and we shall catch you very soon with new content. Enjoy the episode. This podcast is part of the Other Side Podcast Network. And welcome to Maker's Corner, episode 11. My name is Yannick. I'm the French guy from Switzerland. And joining me tonight, as always, is my friend and co-host, Nate. Good evening, Nate. Good evening. Good afternoon. Whichever. It's How fine. are you? I am fantastic. No complaints. Cool. Everything is good over here. The sun's shining. You know, my town's not on fire. Yeah. So I have nothing. I mean, things are great. Cool. <laughs> we also have a guest once again tonight. And I like that because, as we said last time, more guests mean less work that's right uh yeah this time we are joined by uh wayne uh host of the binary time uh uh another fine show from the other side podcast network good evening wayne hello chaps how are you doing thanks so much for having me on and i'm really delighted nate actually mentioned the weather there because i can't seem to start a show without talking about the weather and here it's a little bit cloudy and raining a little bit as well Okay, it was a very nice day here in Switzerland uh, compared to yesterday where it was raining. Today it was very sunny, very uh, warm. Um, it almost feels like it's uh, summer, you know, <laughs> if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Oh, s summer's in full swing here. <laughs> it's nice to know that somewhere in the world there's still uh, a summer. <laughs> yeah, we got about like two weeks left and then it's all over. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On this episode, we're going to talk with Wayne about uh, two things. Uh, one is the uh, a, a power supply, a lab power supply he built uh, from, uh, uh, well, he's going to tell us from what he built that. And also a little bit of um, things on Raspberry Pis, uh, because we like Raspberry Pis here on Baker's Corner. Um, if we have time, uh, we're going to talk about uh, one project I did uh, this past um, week or fortnight and yeah fortnight I think it uh, took about two weeks for me to decide what to do with it and uh, Nate maybe you have uh, something to to add, uh, to, add uh, to this um, program uh, we'll see if we have time after the um, after the um, the interview with Wayne well so far so, what I what mm -hmm. I have is not as interesting as what Wayne has so let's go ahead and oh, yeah. let's target his thing <laughs> You've heard nothing yet. You haven't even heard the words. <laughs> no, but we know because <laughs> because you have shared some uh, some uh, pictures and uh, and uh, also told us about that on uh, our Telegram group. Uh, we'll give you all the details about that at the end of the show. So, Wayne, yes, you have sent us uh, a few pictures of a power supply. So, can you tell us a little bit of about, about that because I've seen uh, many people talking about um, building this kind of thing, but I still have no idea how you do that and, and what it takes to, to build that. So what is it exactly you've built? 
Okay, well, this all sort of started from a need from just doing sort of small little projects and just needing three volts or just needing five volts and um, not having to constantly look for power supplies in a box that I kept losing anyway. Um, So this was a (laughs) bit of a more substantial box that's harder to lose. And you'll see that if you look at the pictures. Um, That in the show notes. So this is a a power supply built from an old ATX power supply that just comes from, uh, you know, a PC that I had lying around. And um, thankfully, I had a friend to help me with it because I wasn't as um, as up on what needed to be done at the time this was made. Now, I made this about three years ago, so I'm really drawing from the archives here for you guys to (laughs) uh, try and remember how this was stuck together. Um, so it's basically, it's an ATX power supply, but what was interesting about, um, I watched a couple of YouTube videos on, on what people had done and passed this information on to my friend who, uh, is, was, like I mentioned, a little more in the know than I was. And he was going, yeah, we can definitely do something with this. And we kind of adapted a few designs that we saw to create what we ended up with. So what it basically is, it's a, it's, It's the same as plugging in your computer, plugging in the power supply of your computer. And what you get out the front um, of the box that we created, have a look in the show notes and you get a very clear picture exactly is uh, of what's on the front of the box. Hang on, I've got to look up what they're called. (laughs) We added a load of binding posts. That's I learned that today because in my research, I had to research what I was going to talk to you about today. (laughs) I've never researched for the binary times. That's not true, actually. But um, (laughs) yeah, so we... (laughs) <laughs> we stuck a load of binding posts on the front of it. Uh, so we've got one three volt output, we've got a five volt output and a 12 volt output and just a, a positive and negative in so that you can kind of run um, little projects where you just need three, five and 12 volts. But I suppose where we took it a little bit further was we purchased a board and I think it's the LTC 3780. Now, this is where I had to do a bit of more research today because this is where my, <laughs> my mate really helped me, actually. And this is a, a an up-down or a buck-boost converter. And I'm going to read out a little bit of a blurb I took off the actual site. So this module has a, protect, a perfect protection function and can be widely used in notebook power, vehicle power supply and solar chargers. The converter is useful in keeping a constant output voltage regardless of the input voltage variation. Um, The output current can be controlled as well as a facility to set an output voltage limit. Uh, The regulation is stable. Um, Yeah, that's, that's about it really. But what that actually allows us to do is with that board, we were able to basically get a variable voltage out of the unit and um and and I think it, Nate you might have brought up in the chat that it um how was I limit how was the how was I controlling the amps well mm-hmm. it turns out you can't actually control the amps but what you can do is limit the amps so if you didn't want um too many amps to flow into a circuit if there'd be a, if there'd be a situation for that um but also I really just use the amp output as a, a readout to see what a circuit is drawing that's very yeah, cool. so that, that that that's very cool. Yeah, very useful. Um, I, I'm I'm looking at the um, at, at the picture you sent uh, in in the Telegram group, and uh, I see you have a a um, a display to uh, 
to look to 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 see uh, how many volts and amps um I, I, I guess the um the power unit is uh is outputting is that right yes that's correct yeah it, and so that that that's is that uh something you had to uh, uh you had you just bought that and and plug that in how how does how does it work um that was also just added um kind of later and what that is connected directly to the um uh, mainly to the to that uh, what's that board number again the LTC3780 and it is so when i turn up the voltage on the unit it that is uh, one of the potentiometers that's on or that's one of the potentiometers that we replaced on that on that add-on board and what that allows us to do is just to give us a variable voltage and that readout is just gives me you know a visual readout of what that voltage is Now I can push okay. up to 24 volts on that but I've never had the reason to um to go to that um it's usually just 12 volt projects would be the most that I would be working on Okay um I see you you have a, a nice drawing on on your uh, on on your case there <laughs> uh so, so I suspect um I, I will uh send people to, to the show notes to to have a look at the at the picture but i suppose that the 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 first uh two um uh, did you did you call that uh, the, the post? binding posts binding posts so the, those first two mark 12 volts is those are those the ones uh that are connected to the um variable uh output Exactly, exactly. So right. if you oh, want okay. to kind of, so yeah, for those ones, you can just plug in there and you can, you can decide what voltage you want to give the circuit. Right, okay. Um, also, I see you have three 5-volt USB. That, that's, that's not on, on regular <laughs> ATX power supply. So True. what's the story behind there? So with those, um, that was a bit of a weird one, actually, because we just thought, well, do you know, while we have this device on our desk, it might be handy just to power our phones or to, um, I don't know, run a little USB light from it or things like that. So those are connected up to sort of the five volt wires on the um Uh, that that come out of the ATX power supply and I, if you bear with me just a moment I know this isn't good airtime when somebody's searching for um, we do that all the time do you, <laughs> live do you? search it's, it's uh, yeah, live search on YouTube it's, it's, yeah. so, it's so terrible of course I can't oh I'm, I'm fairly close bear with me yeah here we go um, that was quick for us actually so with the 24 <laughs> <laughs> with the 24 pin connector the red wires are plus 5 volts the blacks are grounds the yellow are plus 12 volts and the uh where are the threes oh that's uh bear with me it's plus five plus threes oh yeah they're a kind of a brown or an orangey color um but these uh, i will put i'll give you guys a couple of links in the show notes to different resources yes. that we went to to make this actually and we did kind of just hack it together a bit ourselves like you say just by adding those three five volt usb ports out the front but they were just tacked on from one of the five volt wires that came out of the power supply hmm. And what I actually learned from making this, and I didn't, re I've been using computers for years and, and you know, it, computing is really weird because for me, just little things make sense in the oddest of times that you'd never expect them to make sense. But the fact <laughs> that a lot of components on your motherboard requires different power voltages and uh, requires different voltages. And the fact that there's an individual wire coming out of that 24 pin connector for all of those voltages and the fact that they're available there for you to, I don't know, create these uh, outputs and inputs with, um, yeah, just another, surpri another surprising day in the world of computing for me. <laughs> yeah. yeah that is one so of those things I guess, 
I would say like, it, it, yeah, it totally ahead. makes sense because you're running all these different, you know, things off of DC voltage. I don't know why mm-hmm. it didn't occur to me, like where, where, where was the disconnect where I didn't realize that I have already have a multi-voltage power supply there. It just needs, it just needs to go into, um, you know, some other boards to make it, you know, more usable for you know, like, like variable voltage and everything. And, and then, exactly. then you just have, you have the flexibility to do whatever you need to do off of that. And then like mind blown. <laughs> excellent i'm glad i could bring something to the show i wish i could say it was all my work it so isn't i i i, I you know it's just drawing on work that other people have done and with the help of my mate as well uh seb i'll give him a call out now and um and uh, i will say one other thing so we a lot of people they kind of really take the power supply apart and um and cut out all the wires that they didn't need but uh, we actually decided to leave in some of the hard drive power um the hard drive sata adapters so you could potentially plug into hard drives into it and power your hard drives from it <laughs> <laughs> wonderful well that makes perfect Sucks. sense so i mean just so to to Take that one step further, so you can have this as a bench power supply. And I'm always doing mm-hmm. computery things, like you know, I, I I pull out an old drive. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna see what's on here now, right there. Now I have a power supply for it. I'm ready to go, and I can plug that in, you know, to whatever machine I need to. So I don't have to plug it into my big desktop. It could be a, you know, let's say a sacrificial machine, you know, that. So let's see if you know if it blows something up, it blows this up, and not my main machine. So that's, I mean, that's that's brilliant. That is absolute brilliance mm-hmm. right there. Well yeah. done. What was great about it is we 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 just kind of used what was already there, you know. I mean, yeah, it's a bit ugly and it's a little bit kind of uh oh, well, let's go a bit more up market. Uh bespoke. Um but <laughs> it is um <laughs> it is I don't know. I mean, the 5 volts were there for the USB. It, it seemed obvious to kind of to put a couple of USB <clears throat> ports on there yeah. and um and to leave the hard drive uh cables out i don't know it just all added to it and gave it all a little something else well yeah, say, i mean I've, 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 no <laughs> I, I wouldn't say it's it's uh it's an mdf uh box um and uh so wood wood is good <laughs> i mean you you've you've combined woodworking with electronics uh in the same project so i yeah i like that you know, um if you look at a lot of yeah, older electronics, like I have some old, like from the sixties and seventies, they're made in wood. They have used yeah. Yeah. You know, like nice wood and they're inside of it. And also they even have like the MDF like stuff too, you know, for, for grills and grates and whatnot. So to me, I mean, y- yes, maybe, maybe it, it doesn't look like something you'd buy off the shelf at, you know, some sort of a market. However, it's, it's, it's not ugly. It's unique and special. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, so have seen, <laughs> I have seen uh, a few pictures of people uh, building some something like that, but I've never seen any of those with uh, USB ports. Uh, so that that's that's really an, a neat uh, a neat addition um, with the. Uh, and I, I I love I also love the the the, um, the markings you get on there. <laughs> that's uh, yeah, very very professional. <laughs> oh yeah, I was just about to say you haven't seen them drawn with red pen in a kind of a squiggly line on the front of the box either. Uh, no, that's yeah. that's very very nice. Uh, yeah, it still looks good. Uh, to so me. I love it. Yeah, it's yeah, you know, yeah. it's like Doc um, Brown from Back to the Future. Is what it is to me. You know, <laughs> that looks like this is what powers the amp. That might yeah. overload on you, basically, and it's beautiful. <laughs> does it? Does it output? What is it? What two point 
21 gigawatts. 1.21 gigawatts, yeah. Only on a Wednesday. Gigawatts. <laughs> when, the moon, um, when the moon is in Capricorn. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did, did you have to do something special with the, um, the ATX power supply to manage, uh, manage this? As in, I don't know... Um, Uh, 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 remove stuff for for, for security reasons, or or or, uh, or did you just you know take the uh, the uh, the power supply plug it on plug plug it uh, in in the wall plug and turn it on? Pretty much the latter. We um, decided not to go taking the power supply apart. Uh, there are some really nice looking ones again on YouTube of people who have actually opened up the power supply and uh, drilled the. Hang on, let me get my favorite favorite word again: binding posts into the actual <laughs> um, into the actual metal of the of the of the power supply. But I don't know. They were when I watched those uh, presentations, they were like saying, "Oh yeah, make sure you use loads of heat shrink. Use loads of heat shrink. Make sure you heat shrink everything." So they were really kind of concerned about anything shorting with inside okay. the power supply. So we didn't go down that road at all. We just we left the power supply as it was. Oh, okay. I, I think we might have to put a wire from a ground into the green cable, which. Um, bypass the standby um, uh, of the power supply. Again, I'm drawing that from memory, but I have seen that in the odd video as well. Um, to uh, So the on-off switch literally just switches the power supply on-off. There's no switch on the power supply itself, if you know what I mean. Okay. Yeah. But it, it so makes me Yeah. So it just makes me Go think, though, it's this, I kind of like the, this idea better, not where you modify the power supply itself. Because I'm just thinking, you know, based on, on my track record, I'm probably going to blow up the power supply anyway. So <laughs> it's probably better if I have it as a separate module inside that I just plug into. Like, like you exactly. know, a break, so there's a, a, you, know, you can break off that 24-pin connector or whatever. And then, I, and then I can just, when I do, should I uh, blow up the power supply, then I can very easily just have a replacement pop in and I'm good to go. So that, this to me, this is very but clever. That's a good point, actually. I didn't think of it that way. Um, also, as well, in, in those power supplies, there's some pretty heavy-duty capacitors that can kind of hold a lo- hold a load for a while that you might get a bit of a shock from if you don't wait until the yeah. power supply is fully discharged, etc. Right. And I'd, so, I'd so be wondering the that. HX power supply is sitting inside the uh, the wooden box. Yeah, it is. If you, if oh, okay. I if I open the top of it, I could pull out the power supply. Obviously, all the um, let me see. Have we? Yeah, we have snipped all the uh, we've snipped all the wires, um, you know, and and put aside uh, some uh, you know ones that we're not using, of which there weren't very many in the end. And from some of the videos that I watched, especially today, because I just wanted to have my homework done for you guys, I was a bit concerned about coming on <laughs> and the questions. But I have seen people who needed, let's say they needed uh, a 12 volt and they wanted to push a lot of current out on those 12 volt wires. They'd put two or three of them together. And uh, and oh. actually terminate maybe three twelve volt wires off on off on the uh, the binding posts. Uh, it could be the word <laughs> of the episode. Um, but, yes. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and that way and that way. I mean, I didn't think of this when we were doing it, but that way you could uh, push more current down those wires. Okay, that's, that's beautiful. interesting. That's a yeah, really good that's idea. Beautiful, yeah. And so yeah, so by notes. Um, Touching the, uh, the the original power supply, as Nate uh, said, so you could you could replace that just uh, in case you know of magic blue smoke or something. Like sure. Something like that. Should you make a slight miscalculation? Uh, <laughs> yes. Let's let's uh, let's uh, think. Uh, 
It's it's absolutely uh, an, uh, a wonderful uh, thing, and uh, I have a few PC laying around, so I might um, I might try things like that because uh, I never thought about you know putting putting the the, the, the power supply inside another box. Uh, as you said, most of the videos I saw on on YouTube was uh, people you know opening up the um, the power supply, and the, the first things they said. Uh, is uh, yeah, be very careful. Um, yeah, because uh, well, we're still, even though we're we're using the uh, low voltage end of the uh, power supplies, this, it's still something you plug in uh, in the two hundred and twenty volts or one hundred and ten in the. Uh, is it one twenty? One ten or one twenty in the US? One twenty. Yeah. One twenty. Yes. Okay. So yeah, two hundred and twenty volts. It's a uh, a lot of volts. <laughs> sure. May, may I propose another? Sure somewhat crazy idea based off of that yes i was just please like do. my mind just started like shooting off into never never land i was just thinking is that you know i don't i was like well, what kind of materials do i have in that right now to build that you know and I, and I have some old cases that are just doing nothing i could potentially put all that in the front of a case with no motherboard you know oh yeah you know yeah, yeah. so i can use like a yeah. I have, this, I have this old machine sitting down here that has a Pentium 4 in it. I can just pull all those guts out. I have all those blank plates. I can then screw holes and do all those lead, you know, leads and, the, and everything else off those plates. Yeah. And, yeah. Sh- sh- basically shove a digital st- clock in the front of it and you are made. Exactly. Nice. <laughs> that is, you, you, don't even, you got it. You don't even need another power supply for your cloud. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, and then and then you could put like some you know you could even like put like a little Raspberry Pi in there and have it do silly things too. You could even do I mean you just like like you just this is like a seed of an idea that could make me go in all kinds of crazy directions now, and and my mind is just running around at, at like a like a rabbit, you know, around yeah. around a, a yeah. carrot garden. I cannot wait a to see example. it. Mate. I can't. Yeah, either. yeah, it's, it's <laughs> actually a, a great idea. I think I think I'm going to go the. Um, the wooden box route because, uh, well, I, I'm in, in my woodworking phase right now, and I ha- have uh, I have a few uh, boards uh, left over. So, yeah, really, really interesting. Um, I, I, I will say, I will just add as well, you, you don't need to go down the route of adding the variable voltage. I mean, that was just an extra step for us. There are loads of other tutorials there. If you just wanted to take out a three, a couple of fives and a 12 volt that you plug directly into, which are fairly common, you know, uh, power outputs, um, you know, in, in its simplest form, you could do that in... I was going to say in an afternoon, but you'd probably do it quicker. But as soon as I put a time on anything, I usually have to triple it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you, and, and you could you could always add a, um, a voltage divider if you wanted it, like, I don't know, 9 volts. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. A fixed 9 volts. Or, or, or use a, another uh, uh, boost um, converter. So, yeah, this is, yeah, yeah, this is just such a phenomenal idea. Like, this is just... Is just brilliant, and I I don't know why only, I never thought of it. <laughs> this is there's great. only one th- one thing missing, I think, from this uh, from this uh, logo. project. <laughs> well, that, but it, it's also missing LEDs. I mean, uh, where are the LEDs? <laughs> uh, there's one on the back <laughs> where the power. Co- no, it's all right. Sorry, sorry. Okay. <laughs> you know, Such like like uh, yeah, LEDs to to. Um, to, to show that the power is on, I don't know. Maybe, maybe. Well, I was gonna say a few 
blinking LEDs, but that would require a microcontroller. Uh, well, that makes it, it even be better. powered by the power supply. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, sure. I don't see the problem. Yeah, and, and, yeah, an ESP32 <laughs> powered power supply. It's not very good. But it would need a microcontroller. And it would need a microcontroller. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I'm going. My own yeah, mind now is running off on impossibilities. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. it's actually a very good transition uh, talking about microcontrollers. And, and Nate, you talked about Raspberry Pi earlier because um, there, was, there is a second subject that I wanted to talk uh, uh, about with Wayne. Is that um, in the. Uh, but yes, yeah, it's, it's the first episode of the eighth season of mm-hmm. the Binary Times. Um, which is another fine podcast from the Other Side Podcast Network, uh, hosted <laughs> by Wayne and Mark, um, who was on the show uh, a month ago. You guys uh, talked about using Docker on a Raspberry Pi. Yeah. And while I was listening, I was thinking, how, how, does it, how does that work in terms of you know, performance? And uh, Well, you talked about, about that on the show uh, a little bit. But is it is it really is it really working well to have a, a Docker a Docker container running on a Raspberry Pi? I feel like I should add one of those disclaimers that they put in front of all those power supply building videos. Uh, do this at your own risk. I am not an expert. Blah 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 blah. <laughs> so yeah, uh, we're, we're not either. So that's good. <laughs> however, um, my curiosity got the better of me, and I've been using um, KVM for a long time, and I've been using virtual machines for a long time, and I'm actually one of these people who still um, self-host things, and I know a lot of people think I'm absolutely crazy for letting nope. anything through my network, and I might be. It is possible, Nate, it is possible, because every now and again I get the shivers, you know, when I go, oh, blah, 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 and uh, I, no, I just I wave it. them away. Yeah, <laughs> I get it. So I you're just among friends it. here, Wayne. You're among friends. Excellent. This is, this Excellent. is your trust tree. This is your trust tree. You can say anything you want. I feel better already. I feel better already. <laughs> and another thing. No, um, the so <laughs> I, I, I wanted to move. I wanted to just look. Docker has passed me by for three years. You know, it's been around for three or four years. Everybody's talking about it all the time. And I'm like, I'm stuck in this KVM world. I'm building virtual machines. I'm putting the entire stack up and I'm going, I feel like I'm working too hard. And so I spent a week or so just throwing my head into Docker and I thought about putting Docker on a Raspberry Pi and I have, to be brutally honest, I was inspired by the self-hosted guys and I know they do a lot of this kind of thing, but I'm on the beginner level of that. And when I listen to their show, I, I... Oh man, I have to dig deep. Sometimes I just don't know what the heck they're talking about. So I had to kind of make my Mm -hmm. own way on this kind of journey. Now, you asked me, is Docker... Okay, okay, back to Docker. Docker is a lot less resource hungry than anything KVM needs, basically. And it's running on the same kernel. So it, it runs on your host OS. And that kind of confused me a little bit before, because when I was working with KVM and other hypervisors, the, the you've got a host OS and you've got a number of client OSs. So Docker just runs on the host OS. So that's going to be a lot less draw on resources for a start. And in my mind, Docker is established enough now to be, I don't know, there's been a lot of eyes on that code for a long time. And I hear about it left, right and centre and I just wanted to get stuck in. 
I, I feel like I'm avoiding asking your question. I promise I'll get around to it. <laughs> so I tested all my stuff on Docker with a Raspberry Pi 3B plus first because I swore I wouldn't buy a Raspberry Pi 4 because I was so hacked off with them for bringing out the Pi 4 early. I had purchased about 3B pluses about a week early and all of a sudden the Pi 4 arrives six months before the actual, you know, um, suggested release date. I was like, I am not buying a Pi until they get the Pi 5 out so but my my partner uh, bought me a pi 4 as a gift and i was like oh okay i'll i'll, I'll use it so um <laughs> with 8 gig of ram and putting docker on it I, and i have on that at the mo- on that at the moment i'm running traffic uh, which is a reverse proxy now i've tried re- building reverse proxies with nginx and i've been semi unsuccessful a few times or it's quite I guess I just didn't put the time and effort in, if I'm to be brutally honest. So I've got traffic on the front end. I've got a Nextcloud server in the back end. I've got an Nginx, an Nginx server on the back end as well. I came across a bit of a stumbling block of getting my traffic to talk to um, Nextcloud and Nginx. Um, but I just have to take a few days away from it and go back and revisit it. The problem is really with traffic is at the moment I have a, an, a production system that is taking up my port 443 and my port 80 and I can't all of a sudden just disconnect my production system, put my Raspberry Pi in place and suddenly start seeing what happens on 443 and 80 when it comes into traffic. So I'm finding that kind of transition to move over to a Raspberry Pi only quite uh, tricky. But I will say resource wise, and this is your question, I'm sorry it's taken me 10 minutes to get there. Resource-wise okay. <laughs> for Nextcloud and for an Nginx server. Now, I'm obviously not running Nextcloud Talk or anything like that on it, which would be quite resource-hungry, but I'm seeing a very minimal impact on CPU and even on the RAM, Yannick, at the moment. So you're running those three things on the same Raspberry Pi? Yes, yeah. So they're okay. all Docker images. And, um, and Docker is quite clever, actually, What's taking me time is just learning how to put the right flags in the right config files at the right place at the right time. Again, when the moon is in Capricorn, it seems sometimes. <laughs> but um, when I do get there, it's a joy to behold. Okay, so I'm yeah, I'm gonna have to have a look uh, at, at that again. I I tried uh, a few month back yeah maybe six months ago, ago maybe even a little bit more than that and i was not convinced um that it was something that i was gonna like um i one of of my problem i had but it might be not not it might not be a docker's fault but the the app's fault is that i'm running my own uh bitwarden uh instance and that's uh, that's that's uh, um, using uh, using uh, Docker, and it, it has like eleven containers. So every time I have to start that, it starts like a, a reverse proxy, uh, um, a, a Microsoft SQL server in, in .NET, things like that. And really, it seems like it takes forever to start, and it it seems slow. <clears throat> but maybe maybe uh, Docker made some progress since then. So, as you 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 seem to 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 say that, that running three of them on a Raspberry Pi four with uh, eight gigs of RAM is, is is okay. So I'm I'm going to try that again. Um, I myself are a, more of a snap um, guy for the moment. Uh, 
I'm going to have to have a look at the um, Nextcloud on Docker because uh, I'm running Nextcloud on Snaps uh, right now and see if um, if it's uh, easier or maybe it's maybe maybe now the technology is uh, is a bit um, similar. I know that Snaps also use the um, the uh, host OS, and as you said, it's not a VM. A VM will will run a complete OS, and that that takes uh, that takes quite a, a lot of well, disk space, even, even even though it's a virtual disk, but it, it, in the end, it's physical on on the hosts, uh, and uh, yeah. So I have to uh, try Docker again. Uh, maybe it's going to change my mind about Docker. So uh, because right now I'm, I'm Docker and I are not good friends, but um, <laughs> I'm I'm going to have a look at that. So yes, Nate. Docker is, this is actually very fortuitous because I don't want to wait till you're done talking. Otherwise I was going to derail the conversation like I, I'm good at doing. But Docker is okay. something I've been making an effort to learn and understand. And I'm not Dockering correctly because I can't seem to turn my Docker images back on after a reboot. And I don't know how to manage them properly either. So I, if you have any resources you'd like to share with me on getting started Absolutely. with Docker like, and trying to bypass all the numpty mistakes that I'm obviously making... Uh, that would be great because I am working on Home Assistant. Actually, I got everything all nicely configured and set up, and now I can't get back into it. So, um, uh, I, yeah. In your no. Docker, <laughs> yeah, in your Docker Compose YAML file, you need to put in a flag called. Um, oh, I had it on the top of my head. Uh, I think it's restart always. But what I will do is I will give I'll, I'll give you guys a link to an, a brilliant online Docker course I came across that just goes through all the steps required. Now, obviously, when I come to the point of putting all those steps together, I'm still a bit of a Docker mess, but it's, I guarantee <laughs> it's my fault. Um, and, um, and it's funny, these courses, they teach you how to do this and how to do this and how to do this, but more often than not, you want to do this. And right. to do this mightn't have been covered in the steps that you did. So you're in this state of, uh, well, how do I do the thing I actually want to do? Um, but, uh, yeah, I, uh, like you, Yannick, when I, when I looked at Docker a year ago or so, I was like, this isn't for me. I don't really like it. I don't like that the machine falls over every time, you know, when the whole thing stops. I don't, I couldn't get my head around that concept. But until I've started putting um, that flag in, Nate, that I just mentioned to you, and, and, and I might be misquoting it, but I'd be more than happy to share it once I go back into my Docker images and see exactly what my config file looks like. Um, that they they just come up every time I start the, the machine. And uh, once I start a Raspberry Pi, all my Docker images come up immediately and all my um, volumes are mapped out. For example, in the Nextcloud uh, Docker image, Yannick, I built the Nextcloud Docker stack in about five minutes. When I built that nice. manually, because I built, I built it manually with MariaDB and uh, PHP, yada, yada. Yeah. And, an engine X and man, like I'm just losing, I'm just graying hairs and stuff trying to get to the <laughs> end of this. But I, um, but building the Docker stack, it was five minutes. I pulled down the image and shoved it up. Cool. Oh. So kind of like same thing with the snap, the sudo snap install next cloud, and it yeah. kind of almost work instantly. You still have a few things to configure. But exactly. Uh, configure okay, the database, so, um, etc. Mm -hmm. I'm going to uh, give that uh, another go then. Um, so yeah, looking forward for your uh, your uh, links that you you're going sh to share, and uh, of course uh, we're going to put that 
in the show notes. This will be super helpful, and I super appreciate it. This is great. Thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, that's that. No see, problem, see, Nate, that's that's why we need guests right. because yeah. our guests, that, you know, they have wonderful ideas and they do wonderful stuff, and uh, and yeah, we we can uh, s steal their knowledge and ideas. Yeah. Be careful, yeah. guys! Is it, is it, I will be asking you Docker questions in about three days. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Okay, <laughs> that's that's harsh. <laughs> Right. Um, so, Nate, um, what, what have you been up to this past uh, fortnight? Or uh, I guess I, I don't think we had time last uh, last episode to talk about what you've done. So it's been a while since we so talked we about what you've been doing. Fort fortnight is that two 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 weeks? Two fortnight. Yeah, it's a fort fort fort. I, I accept the fort fortnight. Yeah. Oh yeah, I like that. Yeah. Well, um, I don't remember what I was going to talk about last time. But what I did this last week, a couple things, uh, more excitedly because I have an almost unhealthy obsession with the OpenSUSE project, uh, they released Leap 15.2, so I did uh, my first uh, like a live stream, like a virtual installation party live stream. I don't remember like some 20 years ago, they used to have like, ver like installation parties. Do you remember those? Maybe not. Maybe yeah, just well, me. you were, you were yeah. bringing your... Uh your machine and then right. uh, installing you'd, software. You'd, yes. You'd like your desktop and your CRT and then <laughs> you'd go over into the uh, somebody's living room and install. Anyway, um, so I never actually got to participate in any of those because nobody around me did Linux. I was the only guy. <laughs> and I always wanted to be a part of those. But anyway, uh, LAN parties, I did those. But uh, anyway, <clears throat> so I did a virtual installation party and I, I didn't really want to publicize it too much because I didn't want to have too much traffic so I wouldn't show how incompetent i am you know basically and uh but it actually went better than i expected more people you know kind of came on the stream this is late at night you'd have been you've been well asleep i think it's like probably two in the morning your time yeah i watched but, the replay oh you did i'm sorry um yeah. <laughs> and uh it was so it was fun for me and i got to like you know talk to people and, and field questions and answers and whatnot and and then uh I'll, um you know and also like install things and i realized that i um there's a lot of documentation i had to update because it wasn't there to include on my own site so i next day i decided i would update documentation and did that i did a live stream of that as well and the idea was not that oh i want people to do open use open susa i don't really care if they if they want to use it great if they don't want to that's fine too there's so many options out there there are probably better options for you too so uh, but my thought was you know um every distribution needs help with with you know documentation or you know, they can always use some some help you know, even just one little little thing so my, my goal was just to maybe inspire someone just a little bit, even if it's just one person, to maybe help with the documentation of their project or their distribution or whatever that they're passionate about, that they could do that. And, uh, and that, that was really the, 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 the intent. If, that, if it happens, I probably will never know. But I did enjoy it. It was fun talking to people. And, you know, I was, stuff I was going to do anyway, so I just basically cracked on the micro, you know, cracked up the microphone and, and streamed. And, and also I realized... Well. The limitations of the machine I'm using right now, um, apparently I need to either put a faster processor in it or replace it. So that, that I did, I did determine that because actually having all those different channels of communication while trying to stream and do uh -huh. all that stuff, that was, that was a little bit much. So yeah. I, I, um, offloaded the streaming itself, the whatever to another machine. So I just use the NDI plugin and then basically piped this, you know, so I did all the OBS stuff here, but that did all the heavy lifting as far as talking outside of the network. And then I kept wow. my we're, we're, loads lower. 
Nice. We're gonna have to do a Maker's Corner episode on that. How you upload upload your uh, your streaming stuff uh, on two machines because that's something I, I wanted to do um, uh, in the past, and uh, I never got my head around how to do that. So it's actually yeah, a lot easier than you to, think. To, uh, I, as I, as well, actually, it was, it was um, Eric Adams, uh, good, my good buddy Eric Adams. He, he's once oh, said, "Why, why don't you, know you try?" What? Yeah. You know what? We should we should get Eric on the show and have him explain to us how to do that. I would love that. Anytime that, uh, that we'll, we can we'll do that. We can talk to him. He's just such a good time. He really is. Yeah. So, yeah. but um, right. uh, I, what what I can tell you, I don't know if if many people uh, you know watch your video, uh, but what I can tell you is that while I was watching you doing the virtual installation, I installed OpenSUSE on oh, really? a virtual <laughs> machine. Yeah, but. Yeah. Of course, I did. I went for the GNOME version, of course, sure. uh, because whatever works for you. Is there any other? Is there any other desktop than GNOME? <laughs> I mean, you obviously, like hurting yourself, so that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I just, I'm just used to GNOME, so I, I decided that um, I was gonna go with uh, with with GNOME. Uh, so yeah, the uh, the the installation was went went fine now, and I, I still have to play with that and uh, see uh, see how it goes. It's still on a VM. Maybe it's, uh, I'm going to install that on a on a bare metal someday on one of those uh, servers that are lying around collecting dust in my uh, in my office. <laughs> uh, yeah, great uh, great video, and uh, I think I told you that uh, yeah, your your the, the video was uh, seven twenty, I think, and and when I you know put it full screen, it was a little blurry. But yeah, uh, so I'll uh, work except, some of that except, out. Okay, so except except uh, you know apart from that, it was uh, very very cool. Um, I liked it. Um, my concern so was please. My, my ISP was was actually like my upload speed would like go from like ten to twelve megabits per second, then like drop down to two, and then go back up, and then drop down two. So I kept oh, having yeah. Um, YouTube kept giving me these like you know flagging when I was doing some test streams, and and so I yeah. said, well, I I was concerned that I would have it you know fall apart on the stream. So until I can be cons- you know certain that my upload speed can be consistent. I'm going to probably have to stick with 720p for the time being. So not okay. ideal. Or actually, I think I got, I got it to 768 actually is what I got it to. <laughs> <laughs> so. That's okay. I, I, I often don't watch full screen anyway, uh, but sometimes it's, uh, it, it's um, you know, when, when someone's showing something on a screen, right. um, if, well, most, most people have, 1080p or or bigger, so right. it's it's useful to uh, to put in on on full screen when you want to read something on a oh for sure something that's written on the screen yeah but uh, oh yeah but it's yeah it's still it was still a very interesting uh, video so um, you can uh, look for uh, is that Cubicle Nate on on YouTube too yep pretty much if you look up Cubicle yeah, so, Nate you'll find everything yeah. that I'm involved in so that includes Facebook too um, but. <laughs> I have an Instagram account, but I keep, I've been meaning to like log into it for like the last two years. I just haven't gotten around to it yet. One of these days. Um, But like also, you know, think like my, my Lego stuff. That's also cubicle Nate. Everything's cubicle Nate. So that's kind of my, my internet facing me because there's lots of Nates and Nathans out there. And so just, how do I distinguish myself? There's only one. Yeah. There's only one cubicle. Exactly. Only one somebody, one, one person that's silly enough to associate themselves with the worst place of an office. A cubicle. <laughs> I didn't well, even make uh, that we'll, relation we'll, before, actually. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put the link in, uh, uh, to your video in the show notes uh, uh, for this episode. So, 
um, if you if you go to our website, uh, you will find the link to the video, and from there you can find the link to the channel, and from there it's uh, open bar. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, well, I guess I'm going to uh, keep my, uh, my 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 project for next episode uh, because we've uh, we, we we've already uh, spent a, a fair amount of time talking, which was perfectly fine, very well, very good. Um, before we we close, we're going to do what, something we've not done for a few episodes now. It's the uh, Thingiverse thing of the episode. Woo-hoo. So, uh, I I posted that already in our Telegram group a few days uh, a few days ago. I'm going to post it again so that Wayne can see it. Where is my Telegram group, ladies and gentlemen? This is the live search for my Telegram uh. group. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. That's the Lego attachable Raspberry Pi Zero W case. Ooh. That's I thought was an awesome thing, which is uh, so it's 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 a, a a case for a Raspberry Pi that you can um, connect to Legos, so you can uh, you know attach a servo, uh, some sensors, and and build a, a Lego robot and nice. control that with the Raspberry Pi. So I was thinking, I didn't go down the robot side, and so I'm a little bit ashamed that I didn't do that already. But I will say what did what it made me think of was, you know, so I've been building this. This is a kind of a long-term project. I've been working at it for over a year now, but Legos are not cheap. But I'm building this, like, this base. It's like this, like, moon kind of lunar base. Oh, yeah. And I've, and I've always thought about, like, it'd be really neat to have lights in there. But, like, what lights would I use? Mm-hmm. So I, I think, like, red would be cool because it's kind of, like, ominous, mysterious. But I thought, but I want more than just red. And then now that yeah. you've, you've shown me that I can make a case connected to a Raspberry Pi Zero, that I could just stick right there inside the, the model. Like, I'd hide it, really, inside, uh-huh. inside yeah. of it. And then um, I could do whatever color I want, and I can log into it from, you know, from my desktop or my laptop or whatever, and I can make, you know, dance or, or you know, just change the colors throughout the day and, or different zones. You could do a lot, all, all, all kinds of sound. things. Could yeah, it's sound nice in Lego. Yeah, uh, like a, yeah, yeah the, maybe like the sound of a ship crashing into the into the into the landing station. You know, whatever. <laughs> All yeah. kinds of yeah. functions. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, absolutely that's brilliant. That's brilliant because then you, yes. you can hide it. Then you can hide the. It's beautiful. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's. I thought it was great. I was. Uh, I was looking for. I, I don't. Really, uh, yeah, I was looking for um, Raspberry Pi cases, uh, and then I found this one, and I. Thought, well, I know what our next uh, <laughs> thing, of, thing of the episode is. Yeah. So, yeah. So, there it is. Uh, we're going to put the link in the show notes as usual. Right. Beautiful. Well, uh, that, uh, that's going to bring us to the end of this episode, Nate, if you want to do the, uh, the closing. Yes. So, thank you once again for downloading our previous episode. We really appreciate all those clicks. You know, you take a little bit of your precious time and listen to us you know, uh, babble on about, about all the, the fun things that we make and do. So you, you can connect, you can, <clears throat> you can get in contact with us by sending an email to feedback at makerscorner.tech or by following us on Twitter at makerscornerpod or by joining us in our Telegram group at t.me slash makerscornerpod. Yes, uh, unless otherwise said, stated, this podcast is released under a Creative Commons by attribution share-like license. You will find all the details on our website at makerscorner.tech. One day I will, I will <laughs> manage to say this uh, URL without, uh, <laughs> without error. <laughs> uh, 
Um, and of course, as I already mentioned many times, this podcast is part of the Other Side Podcast Network, and you can find more about our shows at otherside.network. When you were uh, going to ask, add something, I think. I was just going to, I'm really gutted now because I've already heard this episode and I really look forward to this show. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a rerun. <laughs> yes. It's like, it's like you're there, but... But but then you're not there and and you want to listen to that. Yeah, I'll it's it's like it's kind of a a pre precog premiere uh, yeah precog like in uh, <laughs> in um, minority <laughs> <Yeah>. report. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, well, as we said, we're gonna try to have um, uh, Eric Adams on the show. Maybe uh, maybe in two weeks. Uh, um, yeah, two weeks. I will still be there. I, there won't be any show in in four weeks because I will be in vacation. So um, we're going to do a show in in two weeks, and then uh, we're going to take a break for the vacation. Let's let's try and and get Eric. Eric, if you're listening to this show, you are invited to come and join us in in two weeks. Right, Wayne. Thank you very, very much for joining us tonight. Thank you for having me on, guys. It's been really nice to uh, talk to you both. I've, I've had a great evening. <laughs> Thank so you. Where can, uh, where can people find more about uh, you and or your podcast? Uh, the best way to get in touch with what we or to get in touch with us, uh, it's we're, we're in boring email only. I'm afraid we're almost unfindable. It is one of our um, quirks. You can get us at info at the binary times.net. And that is it. If you just want to listen to the show, it's just at the, the binary times.net. That's nice. Uh, very good show. I like it. Uh, if you like, uh, you know, to listen to two guys talking about uh, open source, free culture and things like that, that's the show you want to listen to. Uh, and I'm not just saying that because it's part of the other side of the podcast network. I was listening to the binary times before it was part of the network. Mm -hmm. It's really a great show. And, uh, I really appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you, Nate, for joining tonight once again. Well, thank you for having me. It's always fun. We had to talk yes, with my European uh, friends. <laughs> yeah, another another new accent for you for I, your I collection. Know. I love the accents. It really it, <laughs> it, it's it's really nice. Yeah, I've been rehearsing all evening. Great. Good, cool. good, good. I could tell. It was it was flawless. <laughs> yeah, thank you, dear listeners. Uh, we will be back in two weeks with more uh, DIY tech woodworking or whatever it is we're going to talk uh, in our next episode. In the meantime, take care of yourselves. Ciao, ciao. See you. See ya.